Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. I'm excited for this game. When I first started watching football, I remember it was uh, Patriots-Rams. I think it was all the way back in 2000. I was a huge Drew Bledsoe fan. I don't really know how I came I was going to say, name, name 10 players in that game. <laughs> I think I can name three or four, uh, five. Benetary, can, Brady, can... Marshall Falk, Kurt Warner, probably Isaac, Isaac Torrey Bruce Holt. and Torrey Holt. Isaac Bruce. Yeah, get a little Isaac Bruce in there. Um, can you name the Rams quarterback? You didn't even do that yet. Kurt Warner. There you go. Captain Kurt. I, I would say you could get 10. I think you can do 10. Maybe. But um, I remember Drew Bledsoe was my favorite player, and I, I, I even got a jersey. And I was too young to realize what was going on in the game, and I thought Drew Bledsoe won the Super Bowl, and I found out like a week later it was really Tom Brady, and I burst into tears because um, my favorite player was, was, no, was no more. He was a distant memory and what would turn out to be the best career maybe in the history of sports in Tom Brady, and it's still going. Um but Roz, let's uh, let's give the people some uh, some facts, some figures about the Super Bowl. Everything you need to know. Um, kickoff Sunday tomorrow, February third, six thirty Eastern, five thirty Central, fourth three thirty Roz time. So that's big if you're on the yeah, West Coast. Like the party into the into the late into the night. Um, Super Bowl is in Atlanta at Mercedes Benz Stadium, home of the Falcons. It's uh, actually the third Super Bowl to be held in Atlanta. The first two were played in the Georgia Dome, though. Maroon 5 is headlining the halftime show. It'll be joined by Travis Scott and the Atlanta-based rapper Big Boy. I'm a big, big boy fan. Um, broadcasting the game, CBS. So that I believe that'll be Tony Romo and uh, Jim Nance, I think. Tony Romo, Tony Romo. in the booth. Tony Romo was a, was a dark horse MVP of AFC uh, championship game. I know we talked a little bit about that last week. Um, but that'll be fun. That'll be exciting to see. But Roz, looking at the actual game, um, according to ESPN right now, the spread is two and a half. Patriots are favored. Money line we've got Patriots minus one forty-five. Rams plus one twenty-five. Over/unders fifty-six and a half. Um, looks like the crowd are a little bit leaning towards the Rams right now on ESPN. Fifty-two point four percent of the votes are in for the Los Angeles Rams. Where do you see this game going, Roz? You, you going with the big time Patriots or maybe the upstart Rams? What do we think? I mean, I think it has to be broken down. I think that I will come to a conclusion eventually on this show. But let's let's be honest here. We'll start off with the very obvious. I mean, is Tom Brady going to lose two Super Bowls? In your right mind, if you told me Tom Brady would lose back to back Super Bowls, do you think that's like reality, factual? 
um, even possible. I mean, think about it right now. If the Eagles had won last year or hadn't won last year, I don't. I think the Rams have a better shot. And you ask, what does that mean? It's a different year. It's a different game. I mean, I've watched so much about this man and Tom Brady, I, his competitive spirit, his ability to win the big games. I mean, down 28-3, beating the Atlanta Falcons. He struggled against the NFC in the last two years. I mean, it, obviously coming away with the win two years ago against Atlanta, but it had to make a massive comeback. I just think Tom is going to go out on top. I don't think he's going to lose two in a row. His competitive spirit's going to drive this team to another Super Bowl championship. But what scares me, and I think me and you are going to agree on this, is they're finally facing a front line that is very threatening. Tom Brady didn't hit the soil once last week or two weeks ago against the Kansas City Chiefs. And you know Tom Brady statistically goes way under when he's been put on the ground, when he's been sacked, when he's been hurried. And this is what the L.A. Rams paid for. With Ndamukong and Sue trading for Dante Fowler, who made that play to force the interception with Drew Brees. And then obviously the big money man, Aaron Donald, in the middle, if they can get to Brady, you know what? Maybe it's three challenging years, and maybe the Rams do send Brady a second straight Super Bowl loss. I just think it's going to be very dependent on the Rams' defense. I think that over-under line is very fair because if it goes over, I think the Patriots will have won that game. If it goes under, I think the Rams were able to contain the Patriots and uh, make this a game for them. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up, Roz. It's amazing, you know, even with guys like D4, Derek Johnson, um, that Brady didn't hit the turf basically one time in that AFC championship game. But my one game that I'm thinking of that a team really just dismantled the Patriots, it was the Denver Broncos. I think it was three or four years ago now, um, you know, when DeMarcus Ware and Von Miller were able to force a ton of pressure on Tom Brady, looked very uncomfortable. Um, you all know about his mobility. I mean, he doesn't really ever have to use it because he's just very spot on. That Patriots team is always ready to go. But I agree with you. The Rams can force some pressure. Um, you know, I'm going to put a lot on the Patriots run game here. You know, what are James White and Sony Michelle and Rex Burkhead going to be able to do? And, you know, a big guy I'm looking at, it's got to be Julian Edelman. I mean, the man who made three big catches late in the game um, for the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. You know, a guy who since 2013 has really been just a mastermind out of the slot for that Patriots team. I mean, he's one of the best in the game. I think one of the most clutch performers ever. Um, when you look at a guy in that position, I think they're going to have to get Gronk involved and then you know, look for Chris Hogan to make a couple plays. And this is going to be a very interesting game. Um, and you brought up the fact that you know the Patriots lost the Super Bowl last year. If you, if you think about all the Super Bowls that they played in, all eight with Brady and Belichick, um, I get, they could have been 8-0. They could have been 0-8. I mean, all these games have been back and forth, down to the wire. You know, started off Rams-Patriots, that Seahawks game um, with the pick on the goal line. You know, you had the two losses, the Giants that came down in the final drive. You know, last year came down to the final drive. Um, what else? I know I know there's some more. Eagles, whatever. But, you know, every game has been unbelievable in the Super Bowl. So, you know, I think the Rams are going to be ready to play, too. I think you know we're going to see is Todd Gurley going to finally show up, or is it going to be going to be the fat man C.J. Anderson uh, carrying the rock for the Rams? Um, I think Jared Goff. I think a lot is going to lie on his shoulders in this game. He's going to need to make some plays, and I agree with you in a high-scoring game. I don't know. I just feel like the Patriots are going to, are going to take it away. So we'll see how you know how much pressure can the Rams get on Tom Brady. But uh, look, looking at the betting side of things, I think this is always interesting. Um, it's estimated that $6 billion will be wagered by Americans on the Super Bowl, um, and that's according to survey results released by the American Gaming Association. Um, nearly 10% of American adults plan to bet on the Super Bowl um, in one way or another. I think we're definitely a part of that 10%. And then, you know, 52% of the 2,200 people surveyed said they'd be betting on the Rams, while the other 48% are betting on the Patriots. So, I mean, looking at, you know, just how big of a game this is, I think it's still the most popular event on television, and I, I feel like it's been that way for the past 20 or 30 years. I mean, football has become such a big sport. We're going to break down more of the game action, and we're going to give you our Super Bowl picks for this year after the break. If you miss the show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm and amfm247.com. We'll be back with more on the Super Bowl.
Puppet Show listeners, today's show is brought to you by Audible Books, and you can download your free book at audibletrial.com forward slash the Bubba Show. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash the Bubba Show. Check it out. I use them all the time. Love the books and uh, love the convenience of being able to listen in the car. And uh, of course, I do like the Creature from Jekyll Island, which gives me all my Fed ammo. And of course, I do love uh, Stone Barrington, who is a um, a, a great character uh, from Stuart Woods. And in the meantime, go to audibletrial.com forward slash the Bubba Show and get your free book today. And just tell them Bubba sent you. We'll take care of you. And I appreciate it. We'll see you later. Did you ever think of day trading? How about learning how to become a part-time day trader by training with me, Todd Bubba Horowitz, who has taught thousands of traders how to be available to make money part-time in the markets using futures as a day trading method where you don't have to sit in front of the machine all day, where you don't have to worry about what happens overnight, and you trade at your convenience, you trade when you have time. You feel like trading, you walk and sit down in front of your machine. If our pattern appears, you make your trade. If not, you move on. How would you like to be able to make trades in the futures market and leverage $100,000 for uh, you know a risk of about 75, 80, 90, 100 bucks? I think you got to go to BubbaTrading.com and check out my futures class. We do them about once a quarter and we're looking to uh, get one more done before the fall. So make sure you go to BubbaTrading.com and check out Bubba's futures day trading part-time, part-time day trading with Bubba. Check it out at BubbaTrading.com. What's up? What's up, everybody? This is Bubba here. And of course, if you have not checked out BubbaTrading.com and you have not checked out my new hedging software, you are making one of the decisions in your life that you really need to reevaluate. We have developed software to help you hedge your portfolio. Uh, whether or not you take the class or not is, is one thing. But of course, the software itself will give you automated updates on everything that you need to know. It will, it will email you. It will text you and tell you when you need to protect your portfolio. And certainly, we all know that portfolio protection is one of the keys because we want to be in the market to never sell stock again. So make sure that you go to BubbaTrading.com and you check out my hedging software, if not my hedging class, because I'm here to help you become more successful. So make sure you go check that out at BubbaTrading.com. You do that and you're going to find yourself to be much happier later. That's BubbaTrading.com. At the instant you finish it, I own your soul for. Hey, wait! If I don't finish this last bite, you don't get my soul, do you? Uh, technically, no. But I'm smarter than the devil. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back. Still doing some Super Bowl conversations. Um, I don't know if you guys got to check out, uh, what is this, Media Week? But our boy PFT over at Pardon My Take and Barstool Sports was arrested, supposedly. Um, they did not have the right criteria to be in there, but we did ask some of the funniest questions, um, as in Todd Gurley was asked if he was still a cat person, if he was interested in buying cats. Why Rob Gronkowski finds the word 69, or number 69, so funny. And then, of course... Portnoy had to go in there and beg for the gamblers for a response from Todd Gurley, who took a knee against the Packers, could have covered the spread easily, but took a knee on the one, not covering the spread, and uh, losing a lot of gamblers their money, which led me, led me to believe for a second, we are the consumers. Without consumers, NFL players aren't making the money they'd be making. We're the ones who go to the games. We're the ones who buy the NFL season ticket packages. At a certain point, the consumers are mad that their bets are not being hit. The players should respect that for going in the end zone. But he did not get the answer he was looking for. Do you take anything funny away from Media Day Wits? Um, I didn't take away too too many funny things. I didn't I didn't do a ton of watching, but I thought it was interesting uh, hearing Gronk speak uh, a little bit about you know what he's been going through um, injury wise and just kind of the state of being a football player in the NFL, uh, taking a bunch of hits. I thought that was a really interesting take, and you you can kind of see you know a guy who's been contemplating retirement. Um, 
you know, for a couple of years now, you know, kind of the toll that, you know, football can take on somebody's body. So I thought that was the most interesting part of media week for me. So, you know, I, I have a feeling this could be the last time that we see Gronk uh, on the field. Um, so I'm going to enjoy that. You know, he's been a pretty awesome player to watch when he's been on the field, you know, the past five or six years. Um, really not not many people like him in the game. I mean, first it was Antonio Gates and Tony Gonzalez. Jason Witten had an unbelievable career, but Gronkowski, I think, you know, really is almost that next level of tight end. So we'll see where that goes. Um, but, Raz, I think it's uh, I think it's about time that we get to the Super Bowl picks. Um, what are you feeling here? Uh, I want your I want your money line pick. I want your pick against the spread. I want your over under. Um, just give it all. Right, I'll rip them off. Money line, Patriots spread, Patriots. I'm gonna go the over. I just think, I just think Tom Brady can't lose two in a row. There, I don't care that some seal from this uh, aquarium picked the Rams to win. I'm gonna be the other. I'm gonna be the sea lion, baby. I'm going with the Patriots minus two and a half and the money line. I got to take the over because I just think there's going to be a bunch of points scored. That Rams defense, although it's ferocious up front, you saw how weak the secondary has been at times. There are going to be some points flying across that board. It's going to be a fun Super Bowl, and uh, I'm clearly riding all Patriots all the way. Man, I hate to agree with you on all three, but I do like the Patriots in this one. I loved them last week, and they didn't let me down. Um, you know, with that win and a touchdown and overtime to cover the spread, so. I like the Patriots here. I love the fact that it's a two and a half. Um, I just think they're going to be too much, and I, I hope it's a great game. I hope it comes down to the wire. But, you know, I could see this being a 10-point game. Um, I really like the Patriots here. They're averaging, you know, 39 points a game this postseason. You know, and opposing defenses, not only the Chiefs, but they haven't gotten anywhere near Brady. Chargers and Chiefs combined for 90 sacks in the regular season, but they failed to sack Tom Brady even one time in 90 pass plays this postseason. He's only been pressured on 11.1% of his dropbacks, which is absolutely absurd. There's only been one quarterback that has been bothered less frequently during a postseason run over the past decade other than Tom Brady, and that was Peyton Manning in 2013. And it's a good thing that he wasn't pressured that year because you know he was falling apart near the end. Um, but like you said, Aaron Donald, I think, is going to be an X-factor. Jared Goff is going to be an X-factor here. Um, they're, needing to, they're going to need to step up and play big games for the Rams to have a chance in this one. But I think the Pats are going to be too much, and I think Jared Goff is going to end up having an average game. Um, and I think that's going to hurt the Rams in the long run. Well, looks like we have our Super Bowl picks. I'm curious to see if there's any crazy plays that go down in the history books. I'm curious if there's going to be any no calls. Just like that Saints game that occurred. I mean, Roger Goodell did speak out about it this week, how he would not rematch the game and that the refs aren't always going to be right. Maybe it's time to move towards more of an AI principle when looking at games and refereeship. And definitely, I think we should look into replay for pass interference if that's going to be that big of a problem. Um, but yeah, do you have any other Super Bowl news? Because I've got some fun NFL news that I know you would appreciate if you're out of Super Bowl topics. I guess just one more thing. I think an interesting question because we brought up Aaron Donald and Dominic Sue and Dante Fowler. Um, and, you know, had had the Patriots done well against interior pressure, uh, you know, against opposing teams, and it, you know, it really seems like it. You know, you look at the two Pats losses against the Giants in the Super Bowl, and they they came amid some very subpar performances from you know one of the better guards in the league in Logan Mankins. Um, but you know, the Patriots they aggressively cycle through interior linemen. Um, you know, they, and they pay their tackles big money, which I think is a big reason Tom Brady's had such a successful career. Um, they got a great trio this season, you know, with guards, Joe Tooney, Shaq Mason, um, David Andrews at center. Um, but you know, I think that, I think that'll be the big headline of this game is will the Rams be able to get any defensive pressure? And my, uh, my guess is that they're not going to get enough here. And that's why I like the Patriots in all three. Um, I like a high scoring game by them. So that's all the news I got on the Super Bowl. So, uh, yeah, let's let's hear the fun stuff now. Well, I just watched this video of the Georgia Aquarium and all of their animals they have there. We had a sea lion during more throwing a frisbee, which was the most absurd thing I've ever seen in my life. We had maple, the beluga whale, doing some crazy tricks, doing a lot of waves. A very happy whale, always smiling. And I, like I said, Kirby the seal picked the Rams to win. If you haven't seen that video, 
you must go see that video. It is one of the more intriguing things I've ever watched. Um, but other NFL news that is uh, intriguing to which is Jason Garrett's contract will not be extended. Now, that's not an immediate firing, but he will have one season left on his contract. The Cowboys do not plan to extend it, and we could finally be seeing the end of Sir Jason Garrett. <laughs> Sir Jason Garrett has overstayed his welcome, in my opinion, but with the playoff victory this year, um, man, I could have sworn he was going to get an extension, but maybe Jerry Jones is finally start, uh, starting to smell the flowers a little bit. Um, he's getting old over there in Dallas, but you know, I, I could see a very similar outcome next year for the Cowboys. I mean, they do have a pretty good core on defense. Um, look at guys like Sean Lee and Leighton Vander Esch, um, a very good defensive line there, Demarcus Lawrence leading the way. Um, and then Zeke Elliott, one of the best running backs in football, and you got, you know, Amari Cooper, who really turned it on when he got traded to Dallas. Um, but I just, I just don't think this team has enough really to get to the next level. And I think you really saw that against the Rams. I mean, that that game was a, you know, it went about as well as I thought it was going to go for the Cowboys. Um, the Rams pretty much dominated that game, um, and it was C.J. Anderson. It wasn't even Todd Gurley. So I, I think the Cowboys are going to find themselves. In a pretty similar spot, I don't think they're going to have a lot of competition in the NFC East. Um, I don't see the Giants being very good. I think the Redskins are they're the Redskins, so they're, they're going to find a way to blow it. And then the Eagles, I don't know. It's tough to say right now. I mean, I think they're going to play better during the regular season than they did this year. But, it, you know, it, it could be another, another lackluster year in the NFC East, which will, you know, I think, vault the Cowboys to another playoff berth. But I just don't think that team has enough mojo. Um, you know, to make it into the championship round or the Super Bowl. I agree. And that is all I have for the NFL. Not a lot going on other than prop bets galore. Brady being the favorite to win Super Bowl MVP over Jared Goff. Greg Zerloin expected to play. And, um, yeah, that's that's what I got for you. Wish. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. You know, Greg Zerloin, I don't know how healthy he is. I mean, it's always tough looking at injuries with kickers. But, I mean, Look at all the Super Bowls the Patriots have played, and they, they have really come down to the wire. Um, it'll be interesting to see how healthy Greg Zerline is because kick, he kicked a 57-yarder to win the NFC Championship game. Um, and if he's not 100% healthy, it could definitely change some things down the stretch for the Rams. So that's something that I don't think is coming off as that big of a deal right now. But when it comes down to crunch time and you need those three points, um, is Greg Zerline going to be there uh, to deliver? I hope so. I sure hope so because just the performance that he had in the NFC Championship game was so clutch, and he's hit so many big kicks over his career. But, you know, he did have an injury problem early this year. He's got an injury problem now. So we'll see how it all shakes out. But that is all the talk we have about the Super Bowl. This is the biggest day, the biggest sporting event of the year. Very excited to watch. Um, Eat a lot of food, drink a lot of beer, have a lot of fun. Um, that's what it's all about. But that is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm and amfm247.com. Traders, have you checked out BubbaTrading.com? Have you seen the, the writing we do every day for that? Have you seen the direction we try to help point you in to put you in the best position so that you're not going to be one of the retail traders that are going to wonder what truck ran over your portfolio because you're listening to all these pundits on air telling you that this time is different. One thing we can tell you for sure is these markets are never different. And we're going to have another market meltdown. Again, it will come back. The markets do go up 9% year over year. But in the meantime, wouldn't it be nice to be protected using Bubba's hedging methods? We have a class that we offer that goes uh, seven weeks long. And of course, you can learn how to never sell stock again, how to protect your portfolio, compound it, creating an endowment model. 
in which strictly you are actually enhancing the yield on your portfolio, growing it, and always selling at the top and buying at the bottom. And that's the way that the hedging software works. Check it out at BubbaTrading.com. Never sell stock again. Never lose money again. You know, we offer one of the greatest hedging programs. In fact, it's so good it is trademarked and copyrighted as one of the best methods around. Now, again, it won't prevent you from ever losing in the short run, but it will protect your portfolio to one and a half to two to three percent. And at the meantime, when it does go down, you will actually be buying and accumulating more stock, giving you a better position. You can find that at BubbaTrading.com. Of course, this is Bubba, and I'm I want to share with you secrets that I've developed over 37 years on the trading floor. I've built built software for this. But in the meantime, it's very important that you come and learn how to do it yourself. It not only will make you a better trader on your everyday thing, but you will never have to sell stock ever again. And you will never have to be in a position of making that final decision. So go to BubbaTrading.com and check it out, the hedging program, BubbaTrading.com. What's up? What's up, everybody? Bubba here. You know, trading is, a, is a, not an easy business. Trading takes work. It's a skill that you can learn. But one of the things you have to make sure that you do is not get caught up from the fear mongers and the people that are trying to prey upon your emotions, trying to sell you something you don't need. All you need to do is go to BubbaTrading.com. I've got all the programs that you need. I'm not going to make you afraid of what's going on. I'm going to tell you the truth that the markets do go up 9% year over year. And yeah, there will be a correction. But in the meantime, my goal is to make you a better trader, to make you a better investor, and to make you understand how the markets work. And I think that one of the things we do is you, you, you just go to BubbaTrading.com. You can check out all the different programs that I offer. But we will never drive you in with fear. So go to BubbaTrading.com. Check us out. Make sure you get a, a feel for what we're doing. You got any questions, you can email me direct at Bubba at BubbaTrading.com. Go check it out, BubbaTrading.com. Never sell stock again. Never lose money again. You know, we offer one of the greatest hedging programs. In fact, it's so good it is trademarked and copyrighted as one of the best methods around. Now, again, it won't prevent you from ever losing in the short run. But it will protect your portfolio to one and a half to two to three percent. And at the meantime, when it does go down, you will actually be buying and accumulating more stock, giving you a better position. You can find that at BubbaTrading.com. Of course, this is Bubba. And I'm, I want to share with you secrets that I have developed over 37 years on the trading floor. I've built, built software for this. But in the meantime, it's very important that you come and learn how to do it yourself. It not only will make you a better trader on your everyday thing, but you will never have to sell stock ever again. And you will never have to be in a position of making that final decision. So go to BubbaTrading.com and check it out. The hedging program, BubbaTrading.com. What's up? What's up, everybody? We had just Super Bowl you out. It is time to bring in the one, the only NCAA aficionado, Senor Raz. And I am ready to talk with Wits about the most recent bracketology released by Joe Lenardi. And we're going to start doing that. We're doing our midseason bracket push, bracket picks. We're going to talk about some teams who are slipping, some teams that are rising and who we could see in the Final Four, potentially. Wits can get a little aggressive, maybe put the New York Mets in the finals. Oh, no, Wits, we're not talking Mets. We're talking college basketball. What about the Giants? Um, yep, maybe even the Giants. I wish there was a – I don't even know if there's a Giants team in the NCAA. I don't even know if anybody has that mascot. And somebody can let me know, but right now I'm not seeing any in bracketology. Let's go over the ones. And if you disagree with me, feel free, because I already disagree with one that I'm seeing. But for the ones, we've got Duke, Virginia, Tennessee – and Michigan State, which for me, I don't believe is a strong case for one. But Duke, obviously, which there's not a whole lot to say other than they're just beyond dominant. This is the most, this is the closest team to me in terms of the Anthony Davis led Kentucky Wildcat teams. 
Neat Kentucky or Anthony Davis didn't go undefeated. This Duke team doesn't need to go undefeated to prove they're going to be the national champions when it comes down to the line. Duke's a scary team, man, and uh, I'm pretty excited to see how far they can take this team. Yeah, they're a very scary team. I mean, you know, they've got potentially three lottery picks uh, on that team, so I think they're going to be a team to compete with. I agree with you. I don't know if Michigan State, I'd put them as a one right now. I'd, I'd have to put Michigan over them, honestly, uh, right now. You know, beat Ohio State 65-49 on Tuesday, played Iowa last night, and obviously it's Thursday here, but I'm going to assume they won that game. Um but I, I like Michigan as a one seed here. I do agree with the other two. I think Tennessee is playing some of the best basketball in the nation right now at 19 and one. Um, you know they beat South Carolina 92 to 70 on Tuesday. Um, they definitely uh, score a lot of points. That's the fun, like Tennessee is not that typical SEC school that can't really shoot and score. I mean Tennessee can put the ball in the in the hoop. Yeah, and besides Grant Williams, who was you know terrific in that game on Tuesday with 23 and nine. Um, they've also got Admiral Schofield, um, Lamonte Turner, um, who gives them a big boost from the perimeter, and also Jordan Bowden, um, who was a late scratch on Tuesday due to a slight knee injury, but he's been a big part of that Tennessee team this year. Um, so those four guys, I think they're going to make a deep run this year. I really like the experience of Grant Williams. I think he's one of the best big men in college basketball. But this This could be the year of Tennessee. I mean, it's very rare that we see a Tennessee team this high. It's been a while since an SEC school has given some uh, real contention to the championship spot. Yeah, it, uh, it's been a while. Um, but let's look over Virginia. Squeaked one out against North Carolina State, 66-65 in overtime. On Tuesday, I thought that this was a really ugly game for Virginia. Um, turned it over 16 times, blew a late lead in regulation. Um, and then you had DeAndre Hunter following Markel Jackson on a you know a potential game tying three point attempt with less than a second remaining. I mean it was a very ugly game, but they did come away with a one point win on the road. Um, and now they get they get one more tune up. They're playing today against Miami before round two against the Duke Blue Devils. So that should be another great matchup. Um, but Roz, you know I mentioned I think Michigan should get that that number one seed right now. Is that the team that you're looking at, or you think Gonzaga? has a case um or do you think kentucky has a better case i wow look at which espn sending the ads his way but uh yeah real quickly before i think like before i mention why michigan state should get replaced i think virginia is about to also shock most of the ncaa world because it's been quiet i understand like i understand they've been a one seed they've been in the top four all year a lot of people hang on to that 16 seed loss they took last year um I like Virginia a lot. This defense, it's, I mean, it's, game, it's or hard, game in and game out. It's hard to forget that one. That they're, it's very which hard one? To the loss, the loss, sixteen seed loss. It's hard to forget, dude. Trust me, I understand, and it's it's a it's a bad one. And whenever they're on the road, they see a lot of golden retriever signs hanging up. But um, I like Virginia a lot. Their defense, through and through, has been very impressive. And even though it was a one point win, they did dominate a majority of the game. NC State did fight back. They're not a bad team at NC State. And you're going to see teams struggle on the road against certain ranked teams or other conference opponents. And for them to pull out that win, I think that's needed. I think in close games, you need to know that you can finish down the stretch and pull out those games. Um, but when we talk about this Michigan State team, who also lost their star player for the rest of the season, Langford will not be returning from that injury they thought he would be coming back from. I agree with you. I think it's Michigan or Gonzaga. Gonzaga, I always am a little like harder on just because of the conference they play in. But Michigan, like you said, went on the road, took care of business against Ohio State, went on the road, took care of business against somebody else I bet on earlier this week. Um, I think it was Nebraska. But I would Michigan, for me, is without a doubt should be the, number, the other number one seed. They're in that two pile right now with Kentucky, who I don't know if they should be there either, North Carolina and Gonzaga. I think a lot of names go into it. I know Kentucky's been on a nice stretch of winning recently. The SEC hasn't been showing out as much as I thought they might show out, other than Tennessee at the top. I mean, Auburn's definitely been struggling as of late. They had lost three in a row before their Missouri matchup this week. Um, but I, I don't know. Kentucky and North Carolina, me, I don't think they respectfully are two seeds. I think they're lower than that. I do like Gonzaga there and Michigan, obviously, if they had to be a two. That's a scary, scary south bracket with Michigan and Virginia being in the same bracket. So. The twos are all right, maybe a little bit higher than expected because UNC hasn't beaten anybody. They've taken a lot of losses to the top teams in Kentucky the same way. It's just mostly been SEC play vamping up their 
their image. Yeah, and Roz, I want to talk a little bit about Kansas. Is this the year that their Big 12 streak finally comes to an end? I mean, you know, they suffered their I third so. loss in they... four games on Tuesday, um, losing to Texas, pretty ugly game, 73-63. to 63. They just weren't very good. Um, so I, I kind of think that, you know, this might be the year. I mean, no one else in the Big 12 has really been consistently – that great to be the you know considered a favorite to knock off Kansas, um, you know Texas Tech looked really good early. You know they've struggled as of late. Um, Iowa State I think has shown the ability that they can compete at the top, um, but they've also suffered you know a lot of surprising losses. And then you got Baylor and Kansas State have kind of surprised. Um, so I think this, this might be the year that Kansas I think you know gets knocked off that pedestal at the top of the Big Twelve, which they've reigned for so long. I don't disagree. They are atrocious to watch. I mean, yes, I've taken my gambling woes with them recently, but I've stopped because they can't win. They can't score, which leads to the fact that they can't win. A tough loss to Texas. They took a little bit of a beating there. They lost as of week eight, but I just don't think he would have made much of a difference either. Their guards can't score, but Gerald Vick, who started the season as hot as any player has ever started the season, can't seem to figure it out. There's he can hit a late shot, but by that point, they're already down by so many points, it's irrelevant. I, I don't know. This Kansas team is one of the worst Kansas teams I've seen run under Bill Self, and he must be pulling his hairs out because it is brutal over in Fog Allen Fieldhouse. And I, I think them being rated a three seed right now in this most recent bracketology, I think it's time for them to slide, slide, slide. I mean, this team is going to definitely dip when it comes to the – NCAA tournament. I'm I'm not going to be picking them. I don't think there's any Cinderella story for them. Kansas has been absolutely atrocious. Yeah, a dark horse team that I'm looking at uh, kind of down the rankings a little bit is in the Big Ten. It's Purdue. Um, I think you know the Big Ten has been an absolute gauntlet so far this season. Um, I think there's an upward of ten teams that have been able to call themselves realistic contenders for an NCAA tournament berth. Um, you got eight teams ranked among the top 31, um, 10 in the top 50. So it's kind of hard to figure out which, you know, which teams are for real. I mean, I, I, I like Michigan and Michigan State right now, um, but I really like Purdue. I mean, despite their ups and downs, um, I mean, they started off the season 6-5, and five, but have never dipped outside the top 20, according to the Kempom rankings. Um, heading into Sunday's 10-point win over Michigan State, they're number 8 in Kempom, number 10 in the BPI. Um, you know, they won five in a row, eight out of their past nine, seven and two in the Big Ten. Uh, Carson Edwards, I think, is a clear-cut All-American in the backcourt. In the back court, excuse me. Um, and I think that the Boilermakers have proved that they can really win without a huge game from him. And you know, that came against Michigan State. So you also got guys like Trevion Williams and Matt Harms. I think this Purdue team, you know, is kind of built to make a little bit of a run here. Thing into Mike's for faces praises right now. And yeah, they've been hot. They've been winning the big games, the games they needed to win. I'm going to stick with the dark horse as well, the sixth seed Wisconsin Badgers currently. I kind of like the Badgers. This shapes up to be one of those Badger teams that doesn't have a whole lot of star power, a whole lot of star players on their team, but it's just a team that can shoot, play defense, and at the end of the day, keep the game at their pace. Ethan Happ has been absolutely amazing. And they've definitely got the scores on the perimeter, to like those Ben Brust years and the D.A. Dukin years. I like this Wisconsin team. I think they're a silent team to watch. Maybe a Final Four run for your for the Wisconsin Badgers, especially if they're in that Midwest or Midwest section of the bracket. Because Tennessee's number one, who I think is the weakest number one, because they're an SEC team, and North Carolina is the two. I really like Wisconsin. Call them Final Four Roz pick right now. Wow, an early Final Four call from Roz, and that's our. Our earliest breakdown of the bracketology here with college basketball. We got plenty of ways to go. Um, we've got a very depressing month, month coming up in February, but we're going to make it through. Once we hit March Madness, we'll slide right into Major League Baseball, and then that'll kick off for the real sporting season. But that is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss a show, you know where to find us libertytalk.fm, amfm247.com, and we will be back after the break.
Farmers and producers, this is Bubba here. Now, you know, you see me on RFD TV, you hear me on Rural Rally Radio, you hear me on Market Rally Radio. Now, there's nobody out there that cares about as much about you as I do. There's nobody there that's out looking out for you and want to make sure that you always get the best deal. Make sure you go to BubbaTrading.com and check out my management system to help you hedge the farm, take care of your grains, take care of your livestock. Make sure that you're in it for the big move and have the protection to the downside. You know, we look right now at the cattle markets at ridiculous high levels. Wouldn't it be nice to lock in that price up there and be able to continue to participate if the markets continue to go higher? You need to go to BubbaTrading.com and check out my management programs as well as my hedging class, as well as now, brand new, we have hedging software for cattle, for grains that will help you, guide you, and make you do it best. So right now, make sure you go to BubbaTrading.com and get yourself hooked up with Bubba's software or Bubba's trading program. We'll see you later. Markets continue to soar. The street continues to tell you that this time is going to be different. The experts are driving you with fear. The other experts are cheerleading the market higher, and you don't know what to do. And that's why I'm here. This is Bubba, and it is BubbaTrading.com. I'm urging you to go check out some of our programs at BubbaTrading.com. I think the first program for anybody is the hedging program, the hedging class, in which you learn all of the basics, which also then allows you never to sell a stock ever again and start to learn how to increase your yield by creating a compounding endowment model portfolio. And if you go to BubbaTrading.com and check out the hedging, you will find yourself much, much happier later when the markets go down. In fact, you'll be cheering markets when they go down because it'll mean you'll be buying more stock. Go to BubbaTrading.com. Check out my hedges software. That's BubbaTrading.com. Go check it out right now. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome aboard. Listen, you know, I'm not sure you're aware, but you might have heard it on the show a couple of times. Every Monday night, I do a general call on market conditions and what I think is going on and, uh, and how to understand better what's going on in these markets. And what I want to do is I want to offer you a free trial to try it for one week. All you've got to do to get that free trial is email me at Bubba at BubbaTrading.com and I will send you an invitation to come on and listen to me for about an hour, 45 minutes, hour and a half to talk to you about how the markets work, what's going on, what's the news, what's happening, and how you can become a better trader by understanding and listening to what I had to say. I'll give you a one-week free trial. You can check it out. Go to BubbaTrading.com or email me direct at Bubba at BubbaTrading.com. The Monday Night Call, check it out. You won't be disappointed. For the first time in a while, we are going to be talking the NBA, and that stands for no balanced allowed. Um, there is no balance in the NBA right now. The owners, GMs, to the players, they, there's just nobody talking, nobody feeling comfortable with one another. You got Porzingis who went into a meeting this morning or on Thursday morning saying he didn't like the direction of the Knicks team, and they ship him out to Dallas. You've got Anthony Davis, who's been pulled from all billboards, all intro videos, all marketing campaigns for the Pelicans because he's asked to move, and they're being petty by not talking to the Lakers about a potential trade. The NBA is a mess. The players found a way to dictate everything that goes on, and the general managers are just scrapping to find a way back in the power seat. It's ridiculous. There are so many bad teams also, which, like, <laughs> if you look at it, there are, at best, four teams that can compete and then there's only one team that can contend for a title in this league might be the worst league in the history of sports <laughs> it is it is pretty bad but uh, i think you know big news we got to talk about this porzingis trade um let's take you through some of the numbers right now dallas mavericks have acquired Kristaps porzingis and three other players 
from the New York Knicks in exchange. For Tim Hardaway Jr., you, you forget, he's a, he's a baller. He is a baller. He's doing great this year. Um, so they get those guys in exchange for a package that includes point guard Dennis Smith, uh, two future first-round picks, um, and DeAndre Jordan as well, if I'm re- reading this correctly. Who, DeAndre Jordan? Yeah. No, what you ask it, about him? Sorry, I was is he not a part of the trade? How upset I am. That's how much I follow the NBA. I, th- I thought I saw his name, um, but regardless, yeah, Jordan, you're right. He's gone. He's on the Knicks. He's on the Knicks. Okay, so I was right about that. But um, yeah, I, I think interesting for the Dallas Mavericks here. I mean, they've got what looks to be you know one of the next superstars in the league in Luka Doncic, um, and shaping up with Harrison Barnes. This could be a little bit of an exciting team for the next couple of years if Porzingis can stay healthy. Right, they're becoming the international sensations with Doncic and Porzingis. But the Knicks making the Nick move, you know? I mean, that trade could not have been less beneficial to that to the Knicks organization, the worst team in basketball right now. They traded for a player in Dennis Smith Jr. who not only has underperformed from where he was drafted and the value they thought he would add, but they traded for a guy who now will be third on their roster, potentially, at the point guard position. They recently acquired... Manuel Moutier, they have that other rookie from overseas. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of room for Smith Jr. here. And with Enos Kanter doing his whole thing, I mean, DeAndre Jordan is just like, is the center who you're going to build around? The Knicks just don't understand how to. Jim Dolan and Jerry Jones should sit in a room together and discuss retirement. Just talk about the good old days, move on, sell the teams, do something different because they're stuck running to a brick wall, and that's the definition of insanity. It's trying the same thing over and over again and getting the same results. It is ridiculous how bad James Dolan and Jerry Jones run their team, and this trade is just another shining example of the Knicks really struggling. The Knicks have struggled for so long. Um, you, know, you remember a few years back, the addition of Carmelo was supposed to make them good, and they, they really just weren't good. So I think this is going to be a very, you know, and what continues to be a very dark period, for the New York Nets, who who were, you know, at one point near the top of the of the basketball, I don't want to say the basketball association, but the NBA um, in general. So bad. I didn't like the move for the Knicks, but you know, whatever. They're the Knicks. Um, but yeah, I think this sets up. They're almost be, like Cleveland Brown to us, don't you think? Like in terms of the NBA, since 1985, they haven't made it to an NBA Finals. I mean. It's, they're the closest thing to Brown-esque in the NBA as possible. They just constantly make bad decisions and lose, which is literally what the Cleveland Browns are, except for they're on an upward swing yeah, right exactly. now. The, Brown, the Browns are on the up and up, so we'll, we'll see about them. But, yeah, I mean, I remember when Chris Hobbs Porzingis got drafted, there was a lot of hate going around, and it turned out that he was actually a pretty good player. Um, so interesting move. I mean, I'm not going to you know say it's going to be a for-sure win for the Mavs in the long run because – you never know about a guy um, who tears his ACL like Porzingis. Um, you know how healthy is he ever going to be? But I, I love Luka Doncic building around a guy like that. I mean, I, he seems to be poised to be one of the next great players in the NBA. So I like the move for the Mavs. Um, you know, I, I think the NBA is kind of pretty, pretty much locked up where it is until the Warriors break up what they're doing. Um, and LeBron is finally making his way back to the court after a 17-game absence, the longest of his career. That's been pretty interesting. Um, but do you see a potential move by the Lakers to acquire Anthony Davis here in the future, Roz? It's the talk. He wants to play in L.A. Um, but when somebody broke it down for me, they might not have enough to acquire Anthony Davis. I mean, Lonzo Ball really isn't the second overall pick that people projected he would be. I know Kyle Kuzma is really good, but can you really build a team around Kuzma? And Brandon Ingram continues to not be at that level at least I project him to be I mean he looks like the next Kevin Durant but he just doesn't put it together he they all have injury problems and like are you going to really count on Josh Hart being that strong last player in that trade I don't know what the Lakers could do to Anthony Davis but they need to do something 17 games they've been without LeBron which is the longest stretch in LeBron's career missing time and they're out of the playoffs right now they are the ninth seed in the Western Conference, and I can't imagine an NBA playoffs that doesn't ho- like host LeBron James. And at this point, could you imagine seeing the Warriors, Lakers in round one? I mean, when was the last time LeBron exited in the first round? It's ridiculous. I think they need to make the move for Anthony Davis. I just don't think they have the parts or pieces for it. 
Yeah, and you were kind of thinking when LeBron went to the Lakers, it was kind of like, okay, you know, they've got LeBron, they've got something going on, but they're going to need another star player. Um, So I think, you know, possible trade with Davis, they're going to need to make something happen this summer because LeBron didn't have, you know, enough to lead the cat. You know, he did it one time, but um, near the end there, it just wasn't enough, you know, with him and Kyrie and Love, and he definitely doesn't have enough now with the Lakers the way it stands today. But, you know, I think looking at the Pelicans, I think, you know, Davis wants to go. They need to get rid of him. They tried. You know, they acquired DeMarcus Cousins, um, tried to make that work. Cousins got hurt. You know, Drew Holiday, I think, is a great player. But it really just hasn't worked out in New Orleans, and I think it might be time uh, to turn the ship around, start over. Anthony Davis is a great player, but I think this New Orleans team is heading in the wrong direction. So they could definitely get back a big package for a guy like Davis. I mean, I would say, would you agree that he's a top five player in the NBA? Who? Anthony Davis. Yes, I think he's a top two. <laughs> okay, well, there, there, there you have it. So like, I mean, like, if you look at James Harden, first off, is making the case for being the best player in the league. And with LeBron James being hurt, I it right now it's Harden and Anthony Davis to me. I know we've got KD being a complete scorer and everything, but Harden is doing some incredible things. I think Anthony Davis is right behind him in New Orleans doing with all the double doubles, the amount of rebounds, the amount of points. Anthony Davis to me could be a top two player. Yeah, he, he is really good. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Um, but I think we're both in agreement here that the Lakers need to make something happen because. Nine seeded. I don't think this is really what they expected. I mean, I know LeBron's been hurt, and that's something that we really haven't seen before, which is also pretty remarkable. A guy who's played that many minutes in his career and it really, ha- it really didn't miss a game basically, besides for rest, um, up until this year. So that's interesting. But the NBA, as it sits right now, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna back off. It's just ter- It's a terrible league. Um, we've kind of been in a lull here for the past, you know, three or four years. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Um, and Raz, give me your take. We're, we're gonna have fun though soon. Me and you, we, we're gonna do that. Uh, we're gonna do the NBA draft ourselves again. That was fun last year. <laughs> that was fun. But Raz, we got That's about 20, we got about twenty seconds left. Um, I want to get your take on the Seventy Sixers and where they're going this year. Need one more player. That's what every article says. That's all I've got for them. One more player. Wow. Okay. Interesting take. Uh, they already do have a big three there, but we'll see if it's gonna be enough to get you know, past some teams in the East like the Raptors and the Celtics. But that is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm, amfm247.com. Tomorrow is the biggest day of the sports year. We've got the Super Bowl. Don't miss it. 6.30 Eastern, 5.30 Central, 3.30 Pacific time. It's going to be good. Um, it's going to be a great game, so don't miss it. Enjoy it. And we'll see you next week, everybody. Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM.